Welcome to DJ Coffee Talk. This is your co-host, Devin. Today's mix was chosen by our guest, Marinara, and is comprised of some incredible Spanish rappers by the likes of Lilo Carino and Freddy Mosso. Enjoy.
everybody. Welcome to another episode of DJ Coffee Talk. Today we're sitting down with an individual who works as a medic on the Mexican-American border. We cannot share his personal information due to professional reasons. However, we can still share his voice in a distorted manner, which is awesome. He offers a lot of really interesting insights as to what the experience of working on the border is like for him, and a lot of insights as to the dynamic of people trying to cross the border and the whole kind of cops and robbers thing that goes on between people trying to stop people from crossing and people crossing. And the ins and outs of the legal system, it's eye-opening to say the least. We also talk about Mexican-American history, Mexico's history, and the relationship between Mexico and America, which again was super eye-opening for Devin and I, and we really think that's going to offer a lot of value to all of you who are listening. That's uh, enough of me talking for now, fantastic episode on the way, and stay caffeinated. Cheers. Cheers. Hey boys. Thanks for being on here, Samari. Um, want to start off by just um, giving a quick explanation of kind of what it is it is you do. I know you're working on the border, but kind of more the ins and outs of what it is that your day-to-day looks like. Yeah, so I'm uh, the job position is, is doing humanitarian work. So just working at the, at the, uh, the border, you know, just kind of um, offering up a voice mostly for for the detainees and the people that don't really have a voice for themselves um big requirement is you know to be bilingual so really just kind of having the language down just to kind of like remove that barrier in terms of like um whether it's like medical work or whether it's you know something um on like their official documents or if they need to talk to like the embassy the consulate you know just kind of being that voice for for the detainees so Humanitarian medic, I guess, would be awesome. more my official title. Title, that's right. Do you often feel like, does it depend on the Border Patrol agent, but do you often feel like the communication disconnect causes them to be given stereotypes that they're not worth worthy of having, and then fear causes people to throw stereotypes on them increasingly because they can't communicate with them and just connect with them on a human to human level. So the relationships you have with some of these people is a lot different than maybe someone who's never spoke Spanish before because you so can connect with them. You're saying like, are you saying like stereotypes between, you know, like a particular detainee and a border patrol agent? Yeah. So a border yeah. patrol agent to a detainee because they yeah. don't, they can't communicate. So mm-hmm. then other things kind of fill the knowledge gaps because they can't conversate with them. So they say, yeah. Oh, this is these stereotypes about this person make, sense out of this human because i can't talk to him for sure i definitely think that there's you know there's um when there isn't when there's that like disconnect in terms of like communication like it's just kind of easier to have these prejudices i've definitely noticed you know with like the lack of communicating you know there'll be agents as well as detainees you know but there'll be there'll be agents that you know will talk smack on a detainee be like oh yeah like this guy's wearing camo, but he's wearing the wrong type of camo. Mm-hmm. And they'll just kind of like dog on him type of stuff. But I mean, it kind of goes both ways. Is that friendly it, banter or does it become more than that? Because I've seen a lot of literature about how it can get kind of grotesque to a certain point, but for sure. it sounds like that's kind of friendly as yeah. opposed to violent. Yeah, I mean, it's I'm, I'm trying to like keep it more like banter at like at the moment. But yeah, there's there's definitely points where where it gets kind of hostile for sure and like emotions definitely run high um and like i said you know like i'm i'm 
I'm more the advocate for the detainees more than I am for, for these agents. So sometimes, you know, like I kind of end up looking like the bad guy because like, mm. you know, even before all this coronavirus stuff happened, you know, there was, there was people that were like coughing because I mean, people get sick. But like, I just remember one instance in particular, one agent just like yelled at this little 15 year old kid for coughing and hacking up a lung. And was uh-huh. like, hold up, bro. Like, yeah, you can, you can talk to your kids like that, but don't talk to this one like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's, he, first of all, he doesn't even know what the fuck you're saying, but like, it's obvious that you're being aggressive towards him for absolutely no reason. That young too, 15. Yeah. There's, there's a lot more, uh, there's a lot more juveniles in there than, than adults most of the time. And I mean, sometimes it's because they are on their way to like find, you know, a decent living, get out of their situations. But I've also seen a lot of times that like some, some of these kids just kind of, they kind of do it just to have something to do because they're bored and they know that there's, there isn't any consequences. They yeah. get caught, they get it. They get offered, you know, a place to stay until morning. They get food. Uh-huh. Wow. You know, we can put on a movie for them if they want. So if they're not 18, then this is more of a slap on the wrist then? Exactly. Yeah. You can't really take anybody out to uh, to prosecution without their parents' consent. If you can't wow. reach the parents, then where's the consent, right? Right. And, uh, you know, and, and you know, we legally can't. Like, you can't hold a kid in, in a Border Patrol detention center for longer than 72 hours. So... It's really interesting you wow. say that too, because it makes me wonder if the coyotes, the people who get them across the border, if they were doing reps when they were younger, so like we can do this without getting caught, and we For can figure sure. out the game, and then they get to like eighteen, nineteen, and like I'm gonna make a business out of this. So that's essentially, the game. that's a hustle right there. That's too. the game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a lot of these, like a lot of you know the locals, um, you know, on the on the Mexican side of the border. A lot of the locals, like the coyotes, are the guys that run the show. But you have like your scouts, you have your guides. You have, you know, your runners and like all of them, like everyone that's like working for said like coyote is underage because right. like they get caught. It's yeah, a business. They, they get caught and like they're not going to get in trouble for it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these kids like say, for example, um, say little Jose is 15 years old, but like he gets caught on his very first run. Like he'll set his birthday to where he's 14. That way he gets like an extra year. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you can hack the game a little so bit. So you can there. hack the game a little bit mm-hmm. more. So that that way, like, I'll tell you when I'm actually 18 that oh. I'm 17, so I can still have another another year of working and another year wow. of dating, like, I guess, commission. Right. I kind of have like, two questions off of that, too, if sure. you to go into them. But you were bringing up a lot of different titles there. If you're willing to, what, what are those exactly? Because it's, like, different styles of yeah. doing yeah. this job. So, like, um... So the guides are, are, I mean, it's kind of exactly what the title indicates. Like they, they guide the group. So, um, any group can be, you know, as small as three, four people to I've seen, I think the biggest group I saw was 15 people with one guide. Um, so there's like certain groups have more than like these titles, but I know like every single case, there's always a scout and there's always a guide. So the guide knows the route. They know, you know, like every guide has their own route on like how to get, make it to the other side, quote unquote. Like that's what they call it, the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have a guide and it's just a person like leading the whole group, making sure that everyone's good. And honestly, like if they're not good, they really don't care. 
it's like, well, we already have your money. Either you can make it on top, like to the top of this mountain, or you can't. Mm-hmm. And if you can't make it, like, tough titties, you know. And then there's the scout, and they're they're the ones that kind of like. The scouts are ahead of the guides, to like, look out for anybody, right? Like they're looking for the uh, the the Minutemen, you know the yeah the border Minutemen, which is like the people that really kind of take it upon themselves to be like impromptu border patrol agents. Um, they're and then they're looking for border patrol agents. They're looking for any 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 signs of trouble to like warn the guide and warn the rest of the group. There's always going to be a scout. There's always going to be a guide. And 10 times out of 10, they're always underage, no matter what. Just because, I mean, they can't get in trouble. Trouble. Um, Minutemen, uh, real quick, I don't want to derail that, but Minutemen, so those are, like, not, that's not necessarily a job, right? It's somebody who takes it upon themselves Mm -hmm. to go out and try and, like, protect the border. What are your view on those those type of individuals? Uh, I can't really, I can't particularly say that their heart's in the right place. Okay. Just because, I mean, I don't know, uh, the borders are just kind of a line that, you know, a line that a, a purchase wrote, Yeah. essentially. You know, there's just like no rhyme or reason, but behind, you know, borders other than this, like, this is as far as the money, like, Imaginary as far as the money lines. goes. Right. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, I, I I don't know. Some people like are genu- genuinely believe in finding justice. Like there are rules which I can respect, and like you know, you crossed in this border, you broke the rules, and you should get in trouble. Fine. Like if you really f- believe that, like okay, I, I can I can get behind that to some degree. But then there's other people that are like, well, if I pop if I pop a couple of them off, who's really gonna know? Hmm. You know, and that's just kind of where that's just kind of where it gets sticky. Yeah. Where, like, you have people that genuinely believe in justice versus, like, you have people that just, like, really have this, like, kink about them. Yeah. You know? Uh, are they technically protected by law? No. Okay. No. All right. Yeah, so they don't they work, can... like, next to, like, no. agents or anything like that? No. It's just, like, people that just, like, it's their hobby, basically, Pastime. to catch undocumented wow. aliens, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the journey like for somebody who tries to venture across gets caught what are the possible scenarios i mean if they're underage what happens with them they're overage if they get prosecuted like what what does that reality look like um so if they're underage like once they get caught you know they get put into like this registry so every time somebody gets caught you know before the coronavirus it was like you can't apply for a visa for another five years like you'll get pardoned in five years if like wait okay and then second time you get caught, it's like, okay, it's 10 years, but now it's like, it's indefinite with the coronavirus. Cause I mean, it's a pandemic, like everybody knows that this is going on. So if they get caught, like you're not going to get approved for a visa indefinitely until wow. the American government says that it's okay. Now with these underage kids in particular, um, if they're unaccompanied, all it takes is just calling, you know, calling their uh, country of origin and being able to locate guardian or someone that like that can essentially take care of them one like we're not going to put anybody on a bus unless like there's someone at the end of that route you know what i mean yeah um now with adults it it just kind of varies like it, it 
like if they get caught they run them to see if they've been in the country before if they have a criminal background if they're claiming credible fear mm. and like once they once somebody claims credible fear like they could get you know a pass to be in the country um given you know they follow xyz type of rules but right. like once you claim credible fear like that automatically puts you in front of a judge and it's like okay well why are you scared to go back to your home country okay well then at that point it's just like you have to tell your story oh well i get abused by my husband and like the phrasing and like phrasing is everything which is like the biggest part of like what i do right like being able to recognize these things and be like you don't get abused you get tortured right you know like like making them understand that like I have to say that I get tortured, otherwise I'm not going to get a pass to stay in this country and I'm going to get sent home. So you got to sell your case, basically. you got to sell your case, wow. right? you yeah. got to, like, you yeah. got to paint the picture for the judge to be like, oh, yeah, this is, like, this is really serious for them and they shouldn't go home. Is that hard to prove to a judge? Does that happen very often or what's... Um, personally, I'm, I'm not too sure. Okay. So where I work is more, like, the detention center, like the, the cages, wow. I guess, if you will. The cages that like you see on the media. Yeah. Um which Are they I mean, actually like they're no shit cages and they just throw people in it or yeah, I mean, numerous like, bodies in there. Yeah, like the shit that 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 I'm sure you've probably seen on like well, Fox News isn't gonna fucking show it. Yeah. Anywhere else? Anywhere uh, else. So yeah. that's that's reality. That's not like media trying to drum things up. That's that's what it's like. It's a real thing, yeah. And I mean, I can't speak for every single station. I mean, there's right. what two thousand miles of of border, yeah. southern border, and right now, I mean, I've only been to three stations. Can you tell Can us like those that? stations or? Yeah, that 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 is exactly it. Oh jeez. Can you tell us what station you've been to or is that essentially the picture we just showed was it's a group of people and it looks like a zoo animal cage essentially. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um and just sturdy enough that you can't rip through it, but bare bones and low cost. It's this this warehouse that's like border detainee cage is what we looked up. It's this warehouse. If you can imagine a warehouse that's like six football fields big and like half of the warehouse is used for detainees. And it's just like, like I mean, yeah, they're they're essentially just cages. I don't know what else what else to call them, yeah. but it's just like they call them the soft cages because like inside the actual detention center is what they call hard cages, which is like there's no fence. It's like all brick. Yeah. Like and they're just baking in the sun. I bet. They're act- like in well yeah, like in this warehouse that I'm saying. Uh, it's out of the sun, but I mean, when you're in the south, when you're Tucson, Nogales, Ajo, all that shit. Like, it gets mad hot in there. They do have ACs, but... I mean, you can only cool... You can only cool, like, so much when there's... Yeah. So many people. Yeah. You know what I mean? I guess an interesting perspective to look at, too, is what is... Because, obviously, a lot of this is borderline inhumane or just completely inhumane. What is the case for why this is something that should happen, you know? Just not fun to look at, but it's like, what are people who are supporting this saying about yeah. like doing this to other human beings? Why is this justified? And maybe you would see, since the demographic you work with, maybe a couple people actually truly do believe in the border. Is it based out of fear, or is it based out of some higher reasoning, or based out of necessity? Necessity. Yeah, it's based out of necessity, right? Like, 
you know, we'll, we'll just say Mexico, for example. Mexico, I think last time I checked, it was ranked number 15 in world economies, which is insane, right? Because, like, I'm sure, I, I don't know what your guys' like, stance was on, like, how you thought economically Mexico was doing, but, like, I feel like most people think that, like, Mexico lives with no shoes, um, like, dirt roads. They don't have computers out there. I, I, I don't know. That's just kind of, like, how I feel, like... You think that's the yeah. stigma? The stigma, yeah. right. But, like, being ranked number 15 in the world, like... I didn't think You're that at all. There. Yeah. Yeah, I'll say it. I didn't think it would be 15. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, like, and... Right, but it's just, like, it's such a, like money is allocated so poorly and there's just like such corruption that the wealth gap is what's most noticeable mm. before anything else like it's just like the gap is between like someone that's well off versus someone that doesn't have shit like right. makes people think like is what sets the stigma of like oh yeah well mexico is the third world country which yeah isn't really the case at all we, America probably feeds that a bit when we outsource. Yeah, like Mexico can do this way cheaper than everywhere else. Yeah, you know? but like they they have natural they have natural um, natural gas. They have minerals. I mean, they have shit that like we mine for here. Mm -hmm. Beautiful country too. Beautiful country. They have mountains. They have beaches. I mean, essentially, they have everything that we have. It's the United States of Mexico, just like we're the United States of America. Mm -hmm. We wanted to talk about the history too of the border, but maybe you could even get into a little bit of the history of Mexico as well. And I think that's extremely not acknowledged by the average American. Maybe I'm yeah. speaking out of mm. key here, but I feel like we're yeah. often in our own little bubble. And what hence feeds that stigma is we actually know nothing about other countries yeah, yeah, yeah. on average. So it's like Mexico, of course, like party there spring break once. And it's like, <laughs> no, no, dude. It's like it's a whole country, they have natural gas. Good economy, number fifteen in the world. And it's like, oh, it's no. like whatever the fuck it, is, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I can't even remember. I just so much blow. God, I hope my the boss is not listening oh, to this episode. To you're listening, boss. I'm sorry. <laughs> Which is like probably one of my favorite parts of like like people that. The, just like you said, like the, yeah, I went up spring break out in Mexico. It's like, what'd you do? DJ Tiesto is like, for the for the Fourth of July. You know, the United States Independence Day. Like, oh, I went out to another yeah. country. Yeah. Cinco, <laughs> de Cinco de Drinko. Cinco de Drinko, bro. Cinco de Drinko. Yeah, Cinco de Mayo, even. Yeah. Um, the country's so great. I to have fun. That's like yeah. widely. That's widely like celebrated that's in, not the, that in the United States. Yeah. Uh, like, I mean. It's all it's all in good fun, but the amount of people that tell me on Cinco de Mayo that like Fredo, Happy Independence Day for you and your ancestors, I'm like, it's so cheesy too. Yeah, I wait for St. Patrick's Day every year to say the same shit to yeah. all my white friends. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, yeah Braveheart, I mean, great movie, bro. Awesome. Do, you, do you guys know about Cinco de Mayo? Have you guys like? Uh, I'm gonna play history? the ignorant American right now, and I don't. No, so. like, kind of basics. I'm gonna say no. Can you tell us? Yeah, okay. I don't want to act like I know. Yeah, sure, so sure, I'd sure. Just plead my ignorance. And sure. Learn. Yeah. So, um, it's it's known as the Great Battle of Puebla out, out in Mexico. Even Mexico doesn't really even celebrate it. Like it's just was just kind of lost on them. Hmm. But um, it was during the Civil War in the United States. I want to say it was like 1862, 1861 or 62, late 61, early 62. But it was during the uh, the United States Civil War, and uh. Mexico was just in such turmoil because they were just kind of like in 
a perpetual state of just like overthrowing their own government. Like this leader wanted to be the leader, so then he would kidnap and murder the former leader, all that, like all that shit. But anyway, um, so Mexico owed Britain, Spain, and they owed France money, and they were indebted to all three of those countries. Mm -hmm. And um, essentially, like the original plan was that Spain. Britain and France was were all going to come and like invade Mexico and and essentially just take what's what was owed to them. Does eighteen ten sound familiar? Or is that wrong? Eighteen ten, I think that's it's a little soon. Okay. We can just do like I guess Cinco de Mayo, uh, Battle of Puebla, or Cinco de Mayo origins. So they're trying to invade to get what they believe is rightfully owed to them because mm -hmm. they're in debt to those countries. Exactly. Exactly. And um. Mexico was actually able to strike a deal with Spain and Britain to get them to back off and that they would repay it within like... 1862? Two, yep, yep, yep. And that they were supposed to, um, yeah, pay them back in like two years or some BS or whatever. Well, France, I mean, they they have a very powerful history. In France, I think at the time it was like Napoleon III was, um, you know their ruler, their king, I don't know what you want to call it, but Shetsu was like, yeah, we're not really going to back down, we're, we're going to go ahead and invade, we're going to make this an easy win. Because, I mean, any country that's a new country, they're pretty weak, they're in yeah. debt, they don't have, like, a strong government, and especially whenever you're a new country going up against a powerhouse like France. Mm -hmm. You know, strong arm them. Right, yeah. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, they, they went into Veracruz, and then they got into Puebla, and the Mexican soldiers were outnumbered, I think it was, like, some three to one or some BS like that, like vastly outnumbered. And uh, Mexico just, they like put in some work on these Frenchmen, dude, like got him to like pull out, like left the country completely for a year, which is just like so mind boggling. Like, can you imagine someone that shows up to your house with guns and you're like, I ain't going for that. And you just get <laughs> sticks and rocks and you get these dudes to leave your house. You're like, hell yeah. yeah. Well, like, the movie right in that there. whole french mexican war like that was the one battle that mexico won but like the reason it has like any importance to the united states at all was because again it was during the civil war um france and the u.s had a very you know um i guess unhealthy toxic type of relationship got just got done with like the louisiana purchase just got done with you know um let's say it was the war of Battle of War of 1812. Battle of 1812. Yeah, yeah, which was... Against, War of 1812, actually, yeah. Like, I know Frenchmen were involved in that, yeah. but I don't think that was exclusively, like, a battle, like, a war with France. But I could I could I be wrong. It, I think it might have been, because we were saying they wanted to... They were like, you're a new country, you're independent, but not really. But not and really. They were trying to strong arm, mm -hmm. much like France tried to strong arm. Yeah, so that Mexico shit failed, and then they, they tried to essentially do the same thing with Mexico. Like, they just wanted to have somewhere out in the Americas. Yeah. And whenever they lost out in Mexico, they retreated, and they didn't they didn't invade again for the, for another year. Yeah. For, um, eight, what, 1863. They went to Canada, huh? Right, like, they, they, they just... Canada? I don't, I don't know what I think they well, go up to Canada. Thanks, Most of it was a lot of that's French. Out to Quebec. Yeah. <laughs> directly there. There's <laughs> nobody here. We're going to take else. it. Yeah. We're going to talk different, open up some coffee shops. we be sick. Which, work. you know, if and, and if you're talking about, like, in terms of, like, what that does during, during the Civil War, I mean, France had a very big hand in the pot of the cotton industry. 
And, you know, the union was blocking routes out to Europe and blocking like any cotton transport that was going on out there. So France really like had more this ulterior motive of like, well, if we invade Mexico and we occupy Mexico during this war, then we're going to be able to, to provide um, more artillery and more manpower for the Confederacy. And so whenever they were, they pulled out for a year, you know, that's a whole year's worth of battles that, you know, the Confederacy definitely could have used Frenchmen to help influence the oh, outcome shit. of the war. Right. And like the French actually did end up sending like, um, higher caliber weapons and all this shit out, out to help the Confederacy. But by the point, by the time, you know, France overran Mexico and took over Mexico city and did all this stuff, it was like, I want to say it was like 1864. Like at this point, like battles have already happened, mm -hmm. like very like war altering. And at this point, history altering battles have already happened. And so by the time the French like settled and like it all started with Cinco de Mayo, had they, had they lost that battle of Cinco de Mayo, you know, Mexico would have been occupied a lot sooner. Mm -hmm. Um, and the Confederacy would have been helped. But by the time they occupied and got comfortable out in Mexico, Abraham Lincoln was already like, well, we won. And I'm telling you guys right now, I'm not cool with this war. So Napoleon III, like he'd already sent like an emperor or a new ruler out in Mexico. Mm. And Napoleon heard that Abe Lincoln wasn't too happy about it. It was like, all right, all right, all right. We're just gonna pull all of our men out and that was just the, the perfect opportunity what? for that ruler to get murked, no and then they reestablished the Mexican government. What? Crazy, so, right? So you might literally could have turned the tide of... Dude, 100%. Yeah. What the fuck? 100%. I had absolutely no idea. Yeah, that's yeah, crazy. This shit was only celebrated out in, out in California during the time, <laughs> because, I mean, like, California, like, I mean, obviously came from Mexican roots, mm -hmm. and, like, L.A., was like they were the ones from like 1863 on were like very consistently celebrating it and then um like alcohol like alcohol marketing is Caught really on what made it. like the Cinco de Mayo in the United States good old capitalism huge so crazy and that scenario was was Mexico pro union or were they just like not about mm. being invaded they were very pro union that's so fucking cool they were very pro union I mean that's also another reason why Texas became Texas mm. um, because like I mean I don't know if you noticed but like the reason there wasn't like a big push on like the westward expansion on the United States from Louisiana from like way back then was was essentially because of the Comanche mm -hmm. the Comanche were I mean they were just very little squirrely squirrely dudes yeah. horrible warriors on foot right I don't, I don't know if you guys know much about no, this but like sure. yeah, yeah. the yeah. second they got they like learned about horses man yeah. they just became these elite fighting sobs man masters on the like horse. meanwhile like all these horse europeans masters. were yeah. all these europeans were just like getting off the horses the still like yeah, yeah. <laughs> the awesome. way he looked at me like very serious icon <laughs> they're incredible they're, oh yeah. dude unreal yeah. like they were they were the dudes that like i don't know if you've seen the old westerns but like the guys on horses with bows and arrows shooting like people. they were shooting yeah. with bows when european descended people, people like anglos like were still getting off of the horse and going, fucking demolished mm. right was, so like mm. it was the comanche that were like, quite satisfied that really battle, stopping battle this westward expansion yeah and so you know the mexicans were like well we can't really get a hold of this texan territory 
So why don't we just call out these Louisianans and tell them they can come stay rent free out in out in Texas as long as they they help us deal with the Comanche problem. Yeah. It worked. Needless to say, it worked. But uh, then you know the Louisianans started bringing over their slaves. Mm-hmm. And the Mexicans were like, "All right, oh, oh. Rick, John, let me tell you something real quick. We uh we don't really do the slavery thing out here." We just became a country uh, 30 years ago, but like we're we're pretty firm on we, we don't believe in uh, owning other people. And then the Louisianans were like, "I tell you what, I tell you, I don't want to be no part of no government that don't want no slaves." And yeah, they seceded, which I'm sure. I mean, if you know any Texan, they'll tell you we became our own country but that worked really well <laughs> it worked so well that they were like u.s uh can we can we on your, be we on your squad people angry here need some, uh, yeah and uh Damn Louisiana. at that point like lose those followers mexico was like hey man Shame. peace and love peace and love peace and love like we don't you can take texas but like that's it and the u.s government was trying to like identify you know, do we see the Rio Grande or this other river that's up north? I can't really remember what the name of the river was, but we're going to see the Rio Grande or are we going to see this river to identify where the border of Texas, a.k.a. the United States and Mexico meet? Mm-hmm. So they went and they tried to go negotiate to the United States about, okay, well, the U.S. ends here, no, the U.S. ends here. All right, well, if you identify the Rio Grande, which is like an extra 100 miles of territory, we know that you guys are a new country, so if you identify the Rio Grande as part of Texas, we'll give you $20 million. And if you fork over the New Mexican territory, we'll also toss in another $15 million. And if you give us California, we'll give you another, I don't know, another $38,000 million. Mexico was like, no, we don't really, really want to do that. You guys can uh, take your offer and sever where the sun don't shine. And uh, remember who the who the president was of the U.S. But whenever he found out that about the news that like Mexico didn't even want to like identify like a border to begin with that's whenever he got all butthurt it was like, well, nobody says no to the U.S. of A. I tell you what, we be we be Britain, we be France. Who are these new Spaniards? Mm-hmm. These, the first of the Mexicans. And direct quote. Yeah, direct quote. <laughs> 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 That's historically accurate. Um, Straight out the yeah, and, and it was all because like you know they essentially just couldn't identify. You're a star. I'm a star. There you go. Line. A little, little line. powder on the nose. My line. I'm touching Fredo's face right now. So is that it's where, not getting weird, I promise. Is that where the relationship got fucked up? Because it sounds like at a certain point in time, the U.S. and Mexico were on the same side. Like, fuck the French. Where where do we go wrong? Like, I mean, yeah, essentially, it was it was mostly because like, if me personally, like, a big fan of looking up this type of history, were to like define, were to like explain the defining moment of it i definitely think that slavery was like the main reason i mean louisianans went into the texas territory mexican mexican government was like we don't do slavery out here and then literally it was from there they seceded they tried to become a state 
they try to identify where their state lines like met right back to borders man right back to borders and then that's where the disagreement happened right and then well santana didn't help santana was like this really big leader i guess well, yeah he was definitely a leader. santana carlos santana was, um <laughs> did you say carlos santana yeah. cool thanks dude <laughs> <laughs> this other santana that yeah, was way ahead of his Mickey time santana. Guess. Mm-hmm. quite a guy yeah he was just uh knew how to get people together but was a really shitty was really shitty at keeping people together mm. just like yeah and especially in a new government that didn't know what they were doing they just looked at this guy that had the most people behind him but didn't really have like leadership qualities about him and he was just a very aggressive i'll take what's mine type of type of approach kind of guy negotiated with the wrong people and shit went south and then we got the mexican-american war which even robert e lee I mean, I don't know if you guys need educating on Robert E. Lee, but he was like pretty big guy in the South, in the Confederacy. Like a guy that was pro-slavery. So like one of the biggest like pro-slavery guys during the Civil War. It's like the name that comes to mind when you think exactly. of Exactly. Even he was like about the Mexican War, Mexican-American War, was like, I don't feel morally sound about this war. <sighs> this like, was fucked up. We bullied these guys. Wow. Mexico got invaded, and yeah, instead of like, say just for the sake of the example, but instead of getting the $60 million that they were going to get originally for identifying the border and New Mexico and California as the United States, they got like $20 million instead. So it was like, here, take take this cash. I was going to give it to you anyway, just so we can say that we purchased it. Isn't that a trip to think that there's literally houses worth that much, that like that amount of money? Is it really now? Well, like now, now. Well, now's yeah. money, now. not yeah. the yeah. back then. Oh, it's so, probably like, now you can buy a house back then. Yeah. Convert it. That's crazy. That'd be crazy, man. Yeah. I, I still think like I, I still think eight hundred bucks a month for rent would... is outrageous. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, who would who would actually think about selling your whole country for amount of money though? Your mm-hmm. whole territory. Yeah. That's just a bigger. That's how the world was then, though. Just a bigger country goes. Hey, we'll pay you this amount of money if you just give us ownership yeah. of your entire country. Like someone came to the U.S. and China was like, "We have ten trillion dollars. Mm-hmm. Like, we'll buy the whole country from you." Yeah. And then Joe Biden drools and goes, "Sure." <laughs> <laughs> so is there technically like a fuck like a deed for the U.S. Like, do, do we hold like? Something that says like, "Hey, we own this, and we can sell that." I guess maybe not. Yeah. It's just like a collective story where everyone says that's what that is. You so know, we just agree America. on it. There's no. I think like... so. It's a big illusion. <laughs> <laughs> a big <laughs> illusion. I don't know. I feel like there has to be something. something. There would have to be something in writing. Right? Could you yeah. just sell that? How much is the US worth? America, like, right. Period. Thank you. We take what's yeah. ours. Yeah. If you don't like our boys, Please. fuck you. <laughs> we are American. <laughs> Right. Let me take your land real quick and make you stand for the song. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's like okay, you are now ours. Go ahead, just right. put your hand over your heart. Don't you uh, don't you disrespect the song of our people? Exactly. Okay, they died serving. <laughs> yeah, killing your people. <laughs> killing your people for our. Family. Oh, okay. You also have a song. Ah, ah yes. Okay, yes. now I'm one of you. Yeah, but we don't like you. Right. Until you're the majority group, we're, which will happen later. You're so. one of us, but we're gonna tell you to go back where you came from. Yep. Yeah. This thing called racism, where we're all the same, 
people, but we're going to act like you're different and treat you like shit. Right? That's crazy. That's crazy. That could easy. Heck of easy, bro. So, um, when we talked last night, you are telling us about how kind of like a, you had a change in um, perspectives, kind of from about where you were at a year ago. For sure. Um, and to where you are now, actually working on the border. Mm-hmm. What was, can you talk to us a little bit more about what that perspective change was? Yeah. Um, I, I, I think probably the biggest the biggest realization is just kind of like recognizing that it's not all in black and white mm-hmm. where like you know in this case I really wish like it were just black and white you know like only bad people cross the border but like that's not the case but at the same time like I, I guess kind of like shooting back from a year ago like the only the only example that I had was whatever the whatever the media was showing me, right? Like all these atrocities are going on at the border, and there's all these kids in cages, and there's people that have nowhere to sleep, and they're sleeping under these aluminum blankets and all this shit. And like, you know, if I would have seen a border patrol agent a year ago, and flipped on the bird and be like, "Never talk to me. Don't ever talk to me or my son again." Mm-hmm. Um, but now, you know, like, I'm in the meat of it. Like, I'm on the other side of the fence, like, and now I'm seeing, you know, a little bit of the things that frustrate even these Border Patrol agents, and they frustrate me too, like, and especially in a pandemic, you get these people that, like, that'll try to, like, try to take anyone for a trip, man. They try to, like, chump anyone they can just to get out of, like, the most... Like, if they're going to get a slap on the wrist, they want to get, like, a light slap on the wrist almost type of thing. Like, example with with these kids, right? Like, the second that they turn 18 and it's, like, they, they've been caught. Like, I am actually 19. Or, sorry, sorry. Like, your guys' system says that I'm 17, but you guys just found out that I'm 18 and now I have to go, like stand trial in front of a judge and then oh well will you tell your medical staff that i lost my sense of smell my sense of taste and you're like okay dude i see what you're doing yeah they're trying to honeypot yeah right like you like you did something that you knew was wrong and now that you got caught like now you're just like now you're just trying to take advantage of the system yeah i'm not i'm not going to be able to argue with you be like yeah, yeah, right. You can, can actually taste and you can smell. Smell this real quick. No, but like, now we have to send you out to the hospital for you to get COVID tested. Mm-hmm. Guess what, dude? They're not paying for that. You that's have to pay you, for it. Yeah. Yours and my tax money that's paying for him getting tested just to get a no. But it's like essentially prolonging the inevitable. Yeah. Okay, well, you're still like, you're still going to have to stand in front of a judge. Makes you wonder though, what would you do in that scenario though? If you felt so scared and you were 18, you're like, I just really don't want to go to prison right yeah. now. I'm going to do whatever I have to do to get out of that. And that's yeah. what that kid might be doing. And it's just like it's pure fear. Hanging out with the wrong crowds. Yeah, which happens anywhere. It too. happens anywhere. Happen yeah. kids get in trouble all the time when they're 18. Sometimes they're in college instead of Mexico. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. in college in America, sorry, to be more specific. And then For sure. they're, they're freshmen in the dorms and they get caught smoking weed. In this case, it's like this kid's in such a different socioeconomic and mm-hmm. geographical position that it turns into, I was just trying to get to America. People were talking about how that's a thing people do. Mm-hmm. They said I was fine because I could lie and say I was 17. And now he's like 
pissing oh, himself in prison and just like, what do I have to do? And then yeah. 18 year old reasoning, you go, Oh, I'm just going to say like, I lost my, I, I, I lost my smell and my taste. And they're like, all right, we'll test you for something. And then he's still, mm-hmm. still screwed though. But it also sucks because maybe that feeds those minute men when they're like, there's fuckers like those out there that'll mm-hmm. just pretend to use my tax money. I'll shoot right. them. When right. in reality, the kid on the other side of the fence, 17 year old kid who just doesn't know any better right. as an idiot because he's 17 like most 17 year olds with high mm-hmm. testosterone yeah. idiots and like yeah just kind of like I'll, I mean I'll always advocate for I'll always advocate for for those detainees but like just frustrating how, though yeah very frustrating but just how you know just how um, certain people advocate for the good cops yeah. right like, I would also say all, I'm clueless to you, not all 17-year-olds are in entirety stupid. <laughs> However, because <laughs> a part of my conscience is like, you should correct that. Great potential, awesome awesomeness in you. You just do dumb things sometimes. Lots of testosterone. <laughs> We've all been there. A lot of testosterone. But back to what you were saying. Yeah. Is... No, that actually that actually reminded me of, of this kid that I that I saw a couple weeks ago. Fantastic. Awesome. But yeah, he was, uh, I mean, I'm sure he was a great kid. I mean, I, I talk to them and like I shoot the shit with these kids, you know. Like I, I hang out with them. I ask them like, "Where are you from? What do you like to do?" I check, you know, like their vital signs. I'm like, "Dude, like you have a, you have a really healthy heart. You know, you should do something else other than this. Mm-hmm. Like try to get a scholarship somewhere. I don't know, man. But like, don't be doing this crap." But anyway, there was this kid that was like a frequent flyer. Like I see him, I'm like, "Oh, what's up, dude? So how you feeling?" Still don't have any allergies, right? You're still not taking meds? All right, cool, man. Do you need a burrito? I got you. See, I know you by first name, too. Right, yeah, no, yeah, 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 exactly. They killed me last time. We're going to cut it. Marinara. Marinara. Mari Nari, what's up? Mari Nari. Hey, folks, if you see a, a glitch in this, just know you don't need to worry about it. We'll be fucked up. <laughs> I am so sorry. It's okay. Anyway, Mari Nari. <laughs> no, no by first name, but yeah. Literally, bro, like, night and day, night and day, a home, like, homie didn't even, he just didn't want to, like, do the job anymore. Yeah. He was like, oh, hey, like, do you mind, like, talking to one of, like, your ACID agents, which is, like, the people that do, like, the interrogation and interviews. Mm. Oh, would you mind telling them that, like, I'm ready to talk, like, I can give them, I can give them the location of a house, I can give them what they drive, I can give you who runs the house, I can give you how many people are in this house. So is this a kid that got caught up, like they realized he was above age? No, no, no. This is oh. like this. He was still underage at this point. Okay. Yeah. Well, so what is he getting he was out like of? Sixteen, but like he just wanted, he just wanted a way out. He just wanted to get out of like guiding and scouting and like get away from the coyote, which in terms was like getting away from the cartel because like he just wanted to change his life. And I was like, well, dude, well, why the sudden change? Like this is, this yeah. is the eighth time this yeah. week that they've caught you like why all of a sudden now oh well now i have a girlfriend oh, and it's just like dude like like this is a game to you yeah like this is like That's no chess. joke like there's people that are climbing these fences falling dying there's people that are getting lost dying there's people that when you were telling me you were telling me about this like rape tree and shit yeah dude that's no joke there's yeah, people yeah. like getting raped out in the desert yeah and like there's still kids that like think that this shit's a game. Like, oh, well, now I have a girlfriend, so like, now like I'm in love and I I want to get away from this. Hold up, buddy. Like, now you do. Okay. You're in it. Yeah, now. like you're waist deep. 
and I don't think you know what you what like what you're in, but like it's not as easy as just getting out of the pool. Reminds, I'll tell you that. Reminds me of Maze Runner. Kind of. You ever see that movie? Yeah. But these kids are joining Maze Runner at like 16. They mm-hmm. think it's fun to play the game, maybe. And maybe. then they get lost in the maze and they yep. get caught up. And it's way more serious at that point. Spoiler alert for anyone that hasn't seen <laughs> Maze Runner, but if you get lost in the maze, you're kind of fucked. <laughs> yeah. Things Don't happen. get lost in the maze. Plot progresses. So does yeah. that happen? Do, can somebody like be like, I'm going to give away to the interrogators, I'm going to give away this, this, and that if you let me be a citizen or how... There's some people that have that really? have some like that have some leverage for sure. Damn. Yeah. Damn. No doubt. Well, I mean, I don't know how many kids he has, but he like, one of yeah. one of uh, El Chapo's kids was actually caught out in Nogales. Really? Was actually caught out in Nogales, and then they offed him before he could speak. What? Yeah. Crazy. No shit. Like El Chapo killed yeah. his own kid. I, I In guess a sense. In, in a sense, yeah. How many kids does he have? I feel like Who every knows, other week man. he's, he's got a, uh... another one of El Chapo's kids is doing some right. shit. I'm like El Chapo the 16th. <laughs> yeah. It's just is. such a cool name that we yes, need to uh, keep spreading that. 16th El Chapo. <laughs> the 16th. He's got a concubine of ladies probably. There's yeah. like 18 different women. He's like, which one's my son? Yeah, and right. He's like, you're my dad. He, he has so many kids, I'm sure, that like he's just so detached. He's like, you kind of look like me. Like, What's your mom's name? Oh, yeah. About her. Yeah. How's she doing? So I hear stories about, like, um, like detention cities. Is this is this what you're talking about when you talk about where you're working? Or are there separate places that people go and get, like, detained for long periods of time? Um. So, yeah, yeah. like, these detention centers. So okay, same. Like... Where people are, are caught and then they're, they're taken to these border patrol um, stations okay. and they're processed. And then from there, it's just like they're triaged based on like how their interview went, what came up on their um, on their fingerprints, mm-hmm. um, how many times they've been caught. Sometimes, and especially right now during Corona, like th- those cages are empty. Like I just want, in, in the station that I'm at right now, out in Nogales, mm-hmm. like the cages are empty 100 percent. someone gets caught and they like they don't even walk in the building they get their fingerprints taken oh this is the first time getting sent out to mexico but then they get deported they get sent south which is great for them yeah so they don't get in trouble nothing like that but there was a point in time where like people caught on dude and people were like, dude, we're not getting in trouble for crossing the border right now. Let's go again. Let's go. Everybody go now. Everybody time. go now, yeah. So then it got to the they point where catch like, all of us. There's, yeah, exactly. this, there's this new program in Border Patrol called uh, IFP, International Flight, Flight Program, which is like if you've been caught more than, more than once, but I want to say it's more than twice. If you've been caught more than twice, well, at this point now, like instead of just taking you across the border, we're going to fly you out to Mexico City and like – Leave you to your own demise, man. What? Good luck. If you really want to come back, good luck, dude. Can you imagine, bro? We, we, we go out to Vancouver, out in Canada, and they're like, dude, American, sorry, bud. We're going to fly you out to Washington, D.C. I know you live out in Arizona. Yeah, well, good luck. Figure dude. it out. Give you a kiss on the forehead, you sack con- lunch, smack you in the Same butt. Country, like, no money. <laughs> Figure it out. That reminds me of I heard this. I forgot what comedian it was, but he's talking about it. was a bit like how to completely stop 
like illegal immigration. It's like if you get caught, you get deported to like they have like a spinny wheel. And you just pick a country and send yeah. it to another <laughs> country. That's essentially kind of like what I felt like. Dude. Yeah, it's like good luck. You're, you're, was, like, you're going to Prague. Because what? what? That shit started like quarantine started what in like March? Whenever the borders all got closed up. Um, you got another one? I got one right here. You can have. I know you like Blue Moon. So. Um. Yeah, which yeah, nice touch, by the way. You guys coffee. asked me for beer or coffee, and yeah, you guys man. hooked it up with both. We're trying to uh, Love the combo, accommodate for our guests, man. Beer and Stranger coffee. I've never met, who's mysterious, whose name I will not say. Again. Because I don't know who you are. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, dude. That didn't happen. There's a glitch, and we fixed it. Sorry, my audio got cut off, so I had to clap ah, again. I'm good, man. <laughs> so, Stranger, Marinara. Yes, sir. You might want to refresh me. Where, where am I trying to find? Um, you know I have ADT. This isn't fair. Yeah. <laughs> I don't actually. So. Being the stigma, an asshole. All right, I want to take a philosophical turn real quick. Sure, dude. Do you think it's possible to have a world without borders? Having a world without borders. I think that's so ingrained in human nature. Yeah, this just kind of goes back into like your previous like question about whether or not I feel like or like how it changed my perspective right because a year ago I would have said flat out like yeah right. I definitely think we can have a world without borders but like at the same time man like now that I've been working here like, it's just kind of like dawned on me like while I do believe I should I I do believe it should be easier for people to like be able to come out here and live and apply for visas without like a 10 year wait list and all this stuff. Like, I also think like for the sake of the example, like there's only, there's only a finite amount of resources out in the world or in every country even. And like, just for the example, like you got a three, you got a three bedroom house, right? And there's three people that are already living in it. Like, I know the other two roommates pay rent, but like, I'm just gonna invite Jack here. Okay? Yeah, it's very, it's a really good point. And he's yeah, just gonna like, he's just gonna use the shower, and he's just gonna use the outlet for his Eat all your bread, but then like, and drink your milk, and, and without yeah. pouring it in a glass, I'm just gonna drink straight out of the gallon. And like, yeah, he's just gonna eat your groceries. But it's cool, I was just one person. Yeah. But then Jack is like, well, dude, my brother Jim, He's, he's going to come out here and he's going to use an outlet and he's going to use a bathroom as well. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Well, then eventually, like, bro, like, Jack and Jim are going to tell all their homies, like, yo, this house is the land of milk and honey, bro. Yeah. All the outlets you can imagine. You get away with anything. All the bread you can imagine. Milk for days. And then eventually, bro, like, your roommates are going to be like, bro, I just bought this milk and it lasted me a half hour. Yeah. There's no more outlets. I can't charge my phone. I can't use my laptop. Like, the whole house is overrun. You need a certain degree of structure. Would you yeah, agree? like, yeah. I feel like you, you definitely need that structure. And, like, had I not worked in this, I, I really wouldn't have, like, seen that. It's the point where if that structure is an abusive dad or that structure is just, like, a cool dad. For like, sure. Hey, if we got rules, do your own thing. But, like, we got rules and there's an order. <laughs> you got to, like, follow it. It's not saying we won't let you in. For sure. We got to figure it out. You just got to make a good case. It's not going to make you too crazy. You can make a good case for yourself. Come on in, but mm-hmm. we don't want to have the abusive dad that's just like you're even trying. Why yeah. are you trying? Why are you trying to come to America? 
Mm-hmm. Shouldn't come to America. You don't deserve to. Exactly. You look different. No, you talk different than me. All your people. I don't like your people. Yeah, and that's yeah. just like, well, not that. I'm no, I definitely don't. Don't, don't feel that either. either. But, but I feel like. like I don't know, man. Like, the world's business is low-key kind of our business. And it doesn't really matter, like, what country it's in. But, like, I don't know. Like, instead of building this stupid fucking wall, man, like... Yeah, really waste of resources, I Just waste of resources, but just really find a way to, like, allocate, like... Like, figure out, why are these people leaving their country, A? And B, like, what can we do to stop people from leaving their country? Yeah. That'd be you a humanitarian I mean? approach to it. Because like, how do we make the whole collective better? As a collective, yeah. right? Exactly. We're all how do we same make country? all of everyone better? Everyone better? Because we build this wall, man. Obviously, at this point, Mexico's not going to not going to pay for this wall. So that's already our tax money. The border patrol agents, border patrol in general, that's already our tax money. But what it does is it appeases all the masses that support him in the first place. Yeah. You know? Or right. if you support that viewpoint, then it makes you feel like something's being done. And it's just shallow and obvious enough that it comforts you, mm-hmm. which is what he's always done. And most of his, most of his jobs is he creates something big and flashy. And then does whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. He's like, look at this awesome rainbow. I'm yeah, making it yeah. focus on it. And look at this, focus on it, but don't look behind it. Yeah. Cause like behind <laughs> it is where you'll find the truth. So you pay tax money for this wall. You pay tax money, to employ the people that are essentially like making sure that the wall is working. Um, some undocumented alien, right, climbs this climbs this fucking wall to get over to the land of milk and honey. Falls, right, falls on the on off of the structure that our tax money paid for. Gets picked up by a border patrol agent, which our tax money pays for. And then they get sent over to me, who's like the medical humanitarian, which essentially tax money is paying for, for me to be like, dude, because like, I mean, as like, I, I do medical work, but like, I'm essentially a first aid station. So I triage people like, yeah, we can, we can take care of, you know, whatever they're going on or whatever, whatever's going on with them here. Or I can be like, you got to send them out to the hospital. Right. So they send someone with a broken hip that just fell off of the wall, right? And I'm like, dude, I think they might have a broken hip. They should probably go out to the hospital. They're not going to pay for it, bro. That's our tax money that's paying for it. So it creates more problems. It creates more problems and like it's wasting more resources that like people out of fear don't even like pay attention and realize. Yeah. Well, it's a solution that seems comforting if you look at it superficially, then it it's inefficient and burns a lot of resources though mm-hmm. if you actually look at how it's being run right. that's a really really good insight brother that's awesome which is like i mean aside from it just kind of being like a stupid idea to begin with mm-hmm. like in terms of like wild, like i don't know the wildlife the fact that there shouldn't be a wall and like right there in the middle of the right desert there it's such an arbitrary spot desert. too yeah like fucking Animals don't give a shit if there's a... They don't even know there's borders. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. There's already... There's 2,000 miles worth of border and 400 miles worth of fence. You know, and like... Yeah. Can you say that one more time? Just to, like, rail it on? 2,000 miles of border and only 400 miles of fence or wall, whatever the fuck you want to look at it. But, like, there's literally points in, like, the border where, like... 
There's there's, there's fence, there's fence, there's fence, there's fence, and then it just stops out of nowhere, dude. Yeah. You could literally, if you walk. How did we pick that exact spot too in the land? Yeah. Is it just is it do you pick it? Is there one dude who walks down the whole area and he's like, right here, that's Mexico, America. Hey. Hey. This is Mexican air. Yeah, exactly. I feel it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so weird though. It's so bizarre. Yeah. And like the the wall, the infamous wall, has already been like. The process is is in the mid, like in the works of getting it constructed. Last I checked, there's only been like one mile of the actual wall that's been built, but everything else has just been like a reinforcement. Dude, let's not forget, it's been Jesus. four years too, though. True. Yeah, in one year, and, and that four years is one mile. one mile. Well, that's such a huge topic, and like. But then people are like, you bring it up in conversation, which I won't try to stereotype people. We bring it up, and some parties will look at that and be like, we're building it. Mm-hmm. We're in the program. It's like a work program right. that isn't even actually working at all. It's, but so it's like a, it's a contradiction in itself, and it's a sham, which yeah. fits him in his whole MO, like mm-hmm. his whole mission mm-hmm. and how he does things. I'm not saying he's evil. I'm just saying, like, that's his, like, it's been his pathology since he started being in of business. Of course, dude. But I mean, like, that's just kind of him. Nobody knows more about walls than him. But I wonder what the president of Mexico looks at that and like thinks. He's just like, who is? I wonder if he's like the yeah, current president. Yeah, he's of like Mexico? this guy's a schmuck. Or he's like, what is <laughs> they're both schmucks, dude. Yeah, they're both schmucks. Are they really? Yeah. One is just as corrupt as the next. Really? Dude. It's yeah. just like, oh, like mm-hmm. similar business. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I see what you're doing. All right. Yeah. Oh, okay. We're not gonna pay for it, but okay. Yeah. The the, <laughs> fam- the famous <laughs> president. That said, we're not paying for that fucking wall. Was president like in the early two thousands? Vicente Fox, but he was like he was a dope he was like the the he was okay. He was like the George Bush, I guess. He was like he was doing the George charismatic, Bush very, very charismatic, yeah. very charismatic. That man was extremely charismatic. Though. I don't know how the fuck he ends up being the president, but extremely charismatic. Makes you want to trust him. Talk and he's like, oh, what's up, brother? Like, I'm going to do this stuff. It's like, I, I got smart people around me. We're going to figure it out. This. It's like, all right. He's like, I got a good, I got a good cabinet. I got Dick Cheney. Like, he's censoring all the media. It seems like a good idea. It's like, yeah, you're right, I miss man. when George Bush was like the dumbest president we yeah. had. Yeah, because we had okay. Bill Clinton, who was kind of charismatic and suave, and then he got in trouble, and then we got another guy. Literally, honestly, if you really sit and reflect the past 25 years of politics, other than Obama, I'm not saying that like he was the greatest president. I know nothing that much about politics. Took one semester of political science, kind of an expert. <laughs> but he, he at least was like very sane. At least he seemed sane. I don't know yeah, what to believe yeah. in today's world, but he seemed sane. But like everybody else, the past 25 years, has been like, "Wow, you are some lizard people." Shit show. Loki. It's like yeah. you are charismatic. You're at the top of the hierarchy, and <sighs> you get to make your rules. And you got a lot of money. Bill Clinton, George Bush, like, and then Hillary's like a little like mm-hmm. gargoyle walking around, changing her viewpoints, totally transparent, but it screws her. You're so boring, dude. And then we got Sleepy Joe drooling. Sleepy Joe. Mr. Trumpsters. <laughs> Literally <laughs> forgets what he's talking about. Yeah. Sniffing hair. Rubbing he's, shoulders. Well, he'll be talking to you about his Leader life. of the free world, buddy, maybe. Oh my goodness. So, is there... Is there border control on the other side? So, like, if we try to go to Mexico, is there any sort of resistance if we want to go walk into Mexico? Um, it's easier to get into Mexico than it is for Mexico to the U.S., but they definitely have, like, they have, you know, officials protecting, like, their borders. So, like, what I was talking about with the kids that, that were under 8, that were under 18, so whenever 
they get sent back as as we say it when they get sent back south. Um, we don't just like take him out to the port of entry and be like, "Good luck, go find your parents." Like we go and, and we we turn him into the government, and then from the government they get like they get put in this like I guess like if you want to call it a house, but like into this like house, yeah, essentially, um, where you know the government allocate like locates their parents and their family. And like from there, their parents can come out to the station, hmm. or if they know for a fact like, that, that, that that's their parent, the government pays for like a bus ticket and sends them back home. But like, yeah, essentially, like there are people that are looking out for their own in Mexico, so to speak, you know. Yeah. Naughty dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um. There was. Yeah, I guess kind of going back on, like, the supporters and, and, and all this stuff, man. Like, there's a, there's this big hoopla right now. Hoopla. 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 On, on saving the children. So I think it's great, bro. Good, like, good aim. It's hard one, to, hard one to disagree with. It's a great aim. Screw the kids. Impossible to, like, want to, to even, like, remotely want to oppose it. Yeah, right. It's like, a hard one, dude. It's like saying I don't support puppies. Right, hard one. <laughs> right. Like, I hate them. Fuck those puppies. Like, <laughs> they're too cute. But I think it that's. I think that's kind of like the strongest argument. Like how how could you how could you not want to defend these children? Like they're defenseless. But like it's gotten to the point where like the narrative behind it is so strong that like the people that back it are are the people that are opposing the BLM movement so much that they want to like take the attention away from the BLM movement into the safe our children. Yeah, which is counterproductive at that It's point. counterproductive, right. The like, same aim, just different, slightly different. Right. Like, I definitely think, like, like, maybe instead of, like, shifting the camera into it, just getting a wider lens, mm. you know? Um, like, we're all on Team Human. Yeah, yeah we're all on Team Human. Like, yeah. that's the whole point behind, you know, like, being anti-kids in cages. It's the, the beauty of that, though. Huh. is that we focus on you always focus on the next generation as being like hopeful and like that's something we want to get right and at least that's a fundamental it seems to be a fundamental human thing overall yeah. we see kids or like this kid's got potential unless you're completely bitter about life or you have all your own problems that you're so drenched in you'll see a kid and be like how what can i do to make it a better world for that person they come yeah i'm a, i'm a firm believer though and like if you believe in something just be consistent about it mm-hmm. Or when you change your viewpoints, maybe at least be honest that you're growing and learning as opposed to trying to cover something up and take and, right. and have, have yeah. authentic reasons for what you're doing. But again, like, it, like, be consistent. Like, if you learn, if you know that you learn one way, like, be consistent on the fact that, like, this is how I learn. Like, like, people for the national anthem. Right, for for the flag, I definitely respect the whole like premise behind like you should stand for the national anthem. Like I respect it, I get it, I understand it. Like I've I've never personally kneeled during the anthem. People kneel during it. Oh 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 my god! I'm so sorry. Yes, they do it during they do it during the anthem. No no, my brain is very weird. No no, I totally I totally know about that. Have you watched the news in the past year? People kneel. Wait until I tell you about Colin Kaepernick. He's a football player. Let's rewind like four or five years. He's a football player. No, I mean, 
mean, like, because my brain's weird, I thought people in general for every national anthem for all of history were like kneeling. Some point. I was like, that's. But I was like, that's intense. I never did that in, in elementary school. That's too funny. My brain's bro. weird, but like, yes, that of course, Tom Cameron. Like, I, I, I have never, I guess, I have never not stood for the national anthem. Yeah. Um. That being said, like, I've never been one to like. I don't know. I've never scoffed at anyone that that does it. Yeah. Or like, I've seen people that stand up for the anthem, but they don't put their hand over their heart. You know, like, I'm not really into, like, that kind of witch hunt type of thing. Right. Because, like, in, like, the big, the grand scheme of things, like, what is them not putting their hand over their heart or, like, not standing for the anthem doing directly to me? Yeah. You know, like... It's just symbolic. It's it's symbolic, for sure. Like, but, like, at the same time, like, if you're really that offended, like... I feel like you should be really consistent. Like, you should stand up and say the Pledge of Allegiance every time you go to a movie theater, before the movie. And you should embody your life and, philosophy. And right, and, like, you should go, and you should go, like, preach it, like, at home. Yeah. And, like, we could argue work, If you genuinely work. believe in that, too, and it's a thing that has positive impact in your life, you could argue that you, if you're really locked into it, it wouldn't piss you off that much if other people weren't. Because you're like, this works for me. I care for these reasons. I'd like to talk to you about it. Mm-hmm. And that's like that open conversation. It's like, why don't you want to do this? And it's like, well, I don't believe that this country aligns with my values for reasons A through C. And then you'd be like, okay, open conversation. Let's have it. Why is that? What do we do? And then opening, like you're saying, the aperture, look at it differently. Be like, team human, we're all on the same side, but what's going on that makes you not want to stand up for this? And he's like, well, yeah. I don't feel like that country has my best interest. I think I get treated as a second class citizen. Like okay, let's talk about that. I think that's a good way of approaching it personally, yeah. as opposed to saying you're my enemy now. But that's like that tribal monkey brain, where you're like you are not with that me. team and my team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you're that's like fundamentally me. human. Mm-hmm. Like you are not in my clan anymore. You're a threat. Right. 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 They see Colin Kaepernick do that, and they go, "You're a threat now." And he's really just trying to say, "Hey, I'm, they're not aligning with my values. I don't want sure. a first class citizen." But what, what Colin Kaepernick believes in is team human. Yeah. Right. So then, like. I feel like everyone should be team human. Yeah. Like if you, right? Yeah, but, but like... People don't always like criticism, though. Like, the BLM movement is about team human. It doesn't matter if it's an adult or if it's a little kid. Like, if they're black, like, their lives... Right? Like, if you're about save the children, then you should also be about, like, black lives and, you know, this little black boy's life matters, yeah. too. You know what I mean? But, like... Yeah. It just seems like it's... It just seems very, like, counterproductive in terms of what everything's going on. Like, there's been, you know, and, like, in Border Patrol, for example, Border Patrol is, is like, a very conservative-backed type of, what do you want to call it? Very conservative-backed, uh, like, unit? Uh, profession. Profession. Yes. It's generally you. more conservative people end up. It's more conservative. That yeah. I've yeah. met liberal, like more liberal-minded people, like doing it. But for the most part, like out of every ten, probably eight people are conservative. Yeah. Right. So then, yeah. like that makes a lot of sense too. Honestly. And again, it should be it should be very like it should be team human to like want this um, save the children movement, but. I feel like there's people that are like so opposed to the Black Lives Matter movement that they're really trying to just hyper focus on the Save the Children movement. But like, if like All Lives Matter and Save the Children were like like two things that you are genuinely passionate about, then like, 
why aren't we like hyper focusing on these little brown kids that are in cages and yeah. like uh, i was i was talking to you mm. earlier tonight about you know uh this this patient that i had i don't know if, if i if i talked to you but um yeah it's it's probably like this story is probably like in particular instance is the one thing that's probably kept me up the most out of like everything that i've encountered it's probably the thing that's like that's really been like damn like where were the all lives matter people yeah. here and where was the save the lives or save the children movement here yeah. right like all these conservative people are working as border patrol agents but like the second that like all this shit transpired that they were quiet because it's where like where was the convenience for them yeah so I, the, the story behind it was like um i'd gone out to colorado to uh to essentially just kind of get my mind back right right just like my contract had ended and i just wanted to like unwind and just kind of feel like a regular person again and i was i was gone for about like a week and a half maybe 11 10 11 days and whenever i got back like at work i'm like notorious for being like just like that big nice nice hole like just the opposite of an asshole like i'm just so nice like it just, it just annoys people like how nice i am to like some of the like the patients and the people that i work with they treat them like humans right but like i'm like notorious for like making people break so like at, if someone at the checkpoint gets caught like smuggling drugs and they get like sent back to the station and they get interrogated and like they're, they're not talking to anyone like literally i'll just be nice to them and then all right i'll talk Mm -hmm. all right fine oh you gave me a gatorade fine i'll talk yeah right like i'm just like so nice to people that it just like it like like it has an effect well you're the good cop amongst what they see is a bunch of good bad people i don't know where you pop in and you're like what's up dude i'm not even even a cop yeah exactly (laughs) hey man i'm I'm here to heal you yeah i smoked that meth you know yeah um you really want to know all right so yeah i was gone for 10 11 days and whenever i got back like I walked into work and they're like, "Dude, where have you been?" I'm like, oh, "Damn, you don't miss me that much." Huh? <laughs> they're like, "Well, there's been this, there's been this little girl here for like a week, and she hasn't talked to anyone. She hasn't said a single word. We don't know what to do with her. Like, we don't know where to send her. We don't even know her nationality." I'm like, "All right, bro. Like, let me see what I can do." <laughs> Just like crap my, up my yeah. fingers, yeah. All that shit. So, I went out. I went out to the gas station. I bought, you know, like the, the little uh, packet of Twinkies, because like there's two Twinkies in the package. Um, there's this big old like TV screen out in like the hallway. So like there's like in the hard cells, what I was saying. So there's the cells, but there's like windows. Hmm. So like people can go out to the windows and they can go into like they can look, they can watch the TV and like. I want to say it's a common area, but like nobody else other than like border patrol agents can be out in it, but it's a common area. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, so that girl had already been there for a week. I showed up, I got her, I got her like a Twinkie. Um, I put on a movie, I sat down on the floor, like close to her. I tried to talk to her, but she wasn't like having any, wasn't like saying anything. But I still gave her a Twinkie and we watched the movie and it was, it, it was what it was. Second day was more of the same thing. Got her Twinkie. We watched the same movie, and this will this will be important later. But we watched the exact same movie, and like the night passed, she still didn't say anything. 
So then by night three, I gave her a Twinkie. We were watching the same movie, and then finally she says, hey, can you change the movie? Like, I'm kind of tired of this movie. Perfect. You know, like, I knew exactly, like, you're going to get tired of this shit, dude. Like, We'll keep doing this every day. Yeah, we're going to keep doing this every day, and I'm going to just try to be that nice, oblivious kid. Like, dude, I'm, I was so sick of Frozen. <laughs> I, I am so sick of Frozen, but like, you know, we only have so, like, so many movies. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, well, what do you want to watch? We can watch this, we can watch this, blah, blah, blah. Like, literally just trying to, like, prolong as much conversation as I can so she knows that, like, I'm not, I'm not a bad guy. And I tell them all the time, I'm like, hey, I'm not Border Patrol. I'm not, I'm, like, I'll tell them, yo no soy Mida. Like, I'm not, I'm not Mida. I'm not them. And uh, finally, like, we started watching Moana, which is another movie that, like, it's a good movie, but, like, not that long, not, not that often. But anyway. Not over and over and over. Right, so we were watching it. So that was day three. Day four, she, like, finally gave me her name. So this week, I was working six days this week, like, this particular week. So then, one, two, three. So day four, she gave, she gave us her name. I don't remember her name, but we'll just say for the sake of the example. She was like... Well, my name is Mariah so-and-so. This is my mom. This is my dad. This is my date of birth. This is where I'm from. How old is this girl? 13. Okay. She was 13 years old. So we finally got all of her information. We, uh, like, and, like, the Border Patrol agents were just digging as much as they can on the computer, trying to find her records, her parents' records, just to, like, find a place to send her. Because, like, again, like, we can't, we can't have an underage person here longer than 72 hours and at this point it's been like a week it's been about two weeks now and finally got her name so then i came back the very next day and they're like hey your girl just lied like this name doesn't exist her parents don't exist her date of birth doesn't exist right right like she was she was talking just to get us to just shut up and like like get off her case for a night i'm joey smith but then i was like i was like maya like, come on like, why are you lying like why are you lying to me we right. watched Moana together. Yeah, yeah we, we watched, watched Moana together. We watched Frozen like so many times. Dude, <laughs> betrayed, right? And then so I was like, so why did you lie? I just don't want to go home. Like, I'm just really like scared. I don't want to go home. And I'm like, why? I knew nothing about Homegirl's story. I knew nothing about her story, right? Like, I know she doesn't want to go home for, and like what I was thinking was just like some very obvious reasons, just like abuse. I don't know. Someone was out looking for her. Like, why did she, why did a thirteen year old girl come out here by herself? That's my thought. Story was, her grandmother, her own grandmother, had sold her to this white dude, to this American citizen. So a thirteen year old got bought for twenty thousand pesos, which is about a thousand bucks, to this white dude from Oaxaca. So out in Oaxaca, I, I want to say it was Oaxaca. I could be I could be misspeaking, but. The state of Oaxaca out in Mexico, it's like pretty common practice for for people to buy like someone else's kid. Like if someone like makes an offer like, hey, let me buy your kid, like it's not like it's not taboo to be like, Alright, cool. Sex trafficking, I'm assuming. This is it. Yep. So then homie made it made it up north with the little girl and at this point that had already had sexual relations. Um so by the time he said that, I was like, You Stamped the first class ticket to the hospital. We're sending you out to the hospital to get swabbed and to get tested for everything. Well, baby girl came back and she was pregnant. Fucking 13 year old girl. Dude, 13 year old girl got pregnant by this by this dude. 
So by the time they got out to the border, homie had contracted someone else from Mexico to try to smuggle her across so then he could like find out, like, I don't know, take her to wherever it was that he was going to take her originally. But the smuggler got caught and was like, oh, it was this 50 some odd year old dude with white hair and his name was John or something like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so then like that guy got sent out and, and uh, sent out to jail. Like the the guy that was smuggling, not even the guy that like bought her. I don't even know what happened to that guy if he's even been caught. But uh, little girl just wouldn't say anything to anyone. Just didn't want to talk to anybody. They got like <laughs> so then, yeah, she came out. She was pregnant. So that was on what day four, day five, between day four, day five, day six, right? <sighs> she was pregnant and like out in Mexico, dude. It's illegal, like. No abortions, period. And even like, it's a very like Catholic. It's a very Catholic country. So like, like even in Catholicism, like I don't know how it is now, but Catholicism, like uh, birth control, is still like considered relatively taboo. So like abortion, forget about it, bro. I mean, you you can sell your kid, but you can't have an abortion. All right, cool. This is a thirteen-year-old girl. But like, finally, she's like, this is my name. This is what happened. Like, Holy shit. these are my parents, this is my date of birth, these are my grandparents, like, please help me. Well, we can't send, see, like, we can only do what we can. Like, I can only make sure so many phone calls, but CPS wouldn't even come out and talk to her because she wasn't a U.S. citizen. All right, cool. So then who do I talk to? Like, who, like, push me in the right directions? Like, who do I call? Like, who's going to advocate for this girl in the long run? Nothing. Bro. Bunch of crickets. Bunch of crickets. Turned out the second name she gave me was real. Her parents' names were real. Her birthday was real. We got in touch with the with the parents. The parents were very well, like lukewarm at best. I'm like, oh yeah, that's your daughter. Uh huh. For sure. Well, hey, did you know that your daughter your daughter's pregnant by the guy that just bought that bought her? You know, whenever it was. Oh, is she? Oh, okay, dude. What? The fuck? You know what we did, bro? Very next day, she got put on a bus and got sent back home. You know what that means? She probably got sold again, along with whatever baby that she was carrying is probably going to get sold as well. Tell me where the where those save the children lives. Tell me where the where all lives matter. Apparently, her life didn't fucking matter because those same people were like, "Nah, dude, sorry." Like they looked at her as a name on a list and they just had to like deal with it instead of like. Instead of really be like, nah, you're not listening. Like, yeah. this girl straight got taken advantage of, and, like, this is what's going on at home. Nah, it's just like, alright, well, we gotta send her home because we can't have her here. There's no way to keep her during the pregnancy or anything like that? Fuck. Heartbreaking, dude. Yeah. Heartbreaking. And it's just like, and that's, that's kind of like my biggest point with, like, like, be consistent. Yeah. Like, if you're really talking about, like, all lives mattering, then, like, tell me that this little girl's life didn't matter as well. Yeah. Oh, well, well, she... I can't take care of that, yeah. Like, her parents should have known better. Sorry, bro, but they don't. It's not my problem. Right. Yeah. But they don't. It's like we pick and choose whatever. Oh, that whole whole country's so poor, and there are a bunch of bad hombres, and, oh, bro, like, we just looked about 15th best economy in the world. Yeah. They, they just don't, don't have, have like, like it's easier to generalize. It's, it's easier, easier to generalize. generalize. Like, sure. That probably feeds into frustration you were talking about earlier when there's 
a kid's just playing the system and it's a game to them. When there's like people that are fucking just thrown into this like her and it wasn't her choice. She had nowhere better to go and there's nothing better to do mm-hmm. in that like, situation. Like swimming through water with knives in it. It's just a bunch of <sighs> shit randomly. Um, yeah, and, and like it's it's, it's shit, shit like that that like that like keeps me up and turn yeah. like I totally back and agree with Save the Children. I totally I understand and respect uh like when people say all lives matter, like okay, like I understand what you mean, but like be consistent. Be consistent, man. Yeah. And it's crazy that that's a rebuttal for Black Lives Matter is All Lives Matter. It's okay, like, that doesn't make sense, A. Um, and B, if you really believe that, be consistent, and then that would coincide with Black Lives Matter. What are you trying to say by saying that? Yeah. You could say it's either a defensive stance, or it's usually out of fear, but it's that you think that prioritizing one type of life or an, over another unbalances it but in the other direction yeah. so you're saying only and then you're saying black lives matter then people interpret that as only black lives matter and you're like well blue lives matter white lives matter some of them matter this matters this matters and then it just everybody wants to feel like they're taken care of validated and important mm-hmm. but then even the majority group that gets benefited a lot and then the minority groups are economically not benefited as much and they have mm-hmm. more reason in actuality to defend themselves but then people will get defensive because they're like well the same thing bro come on dude and it's that same argument on its head yeah like, i'm I, I matter too everybody mm-hmm. matters which is like, like yeah, yeah no shit it's well that shouldn't be an argument <laughs> that should just be something that you just acknowledge and right. then but then you look and you're like well who is suffering a lot disproportionately and it could be fixed if we focus on it or at least attended to yeah which is, uh, you could say too, we're not prepared yet for that type of conversation at, psycho- sure. at a psychological level because there's so many barriers to entry. But I feel like, like I don't know, man. Like, who else is yelling all lives matter? Like, if all the same demographic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The exact same demographic. At a fundamental, if, I mean, at a fundamental level, all lives matter always, too. For sure. It's a, it's for sure. It should not be a question. But, like, if you look at this, like the Black Lives Matter movement, like, dude, you have all kinds of colors coming out saying, "Yeah, Black Lives Matter." You got Latin Americans, you got Black people, you got White people. Well, I mean, I'm sure there's probably like Black, like Black people that are saying that all lives matter and shit. Sure, but like, I feel like, I feel like generally, it's like, hmm. Um, something I wanted to, to ask and I don't expect you to necessarily have all the answers I don't think anybody does but having been on both sides um, and seen both sides of humanitarianism but also um, kind of it sounds like in your words the, the need for some sort of immigration control what do you think's a better alternative if you could create like a future of immigration reform or border control reform what would that what would that look like if i could create it yeah just just purely hypothetical like what would that look like that's very unique and you've experienced it and that gives you some authority because you've had the experiences the real reallocation of resources yeah um and i I feel like instead of taking a like a like a militaristic type of approach because i mean the united states is infamous for sticking their nose in business that 
don't pertain to them. Yeah. Sure. But, like, I feel like if we're going on that same train, like, maybe we could stick our business in other people's, you know, I'll stick our nose in other people's businesses, but, like, maybe less militaristically in terms of, like, maybe let's work on, like, again, with, with like, Mexico. Like, maybe let's work on, like, the corruption in the government of Mexico. Like, how... And again, like, I wish it was black and white, but, like, how could we, like, figure out a way to, like, educate the most people, um, like, educate the most people, make resources more, like, easily, um, what, like, attainable for the general public? Accessible. Accessible, yeah. thank you. More, like, more generally accessible to the people. And, like, essentially just figure out, like, how we can make... I don't know, just like, just take a more collective approach, man. Because again, like, I do think that like, resources are, are finite, wherever you go. That being said, like, I think... Would you say at the same token, there's a lot of abundance around in certain areas, and we could easily, there's a lot in life and a lot of resources, and we've read if we redistribute it a certain way, then we could maybe deal with some of these issues. Though money, yeah. money won't fix all the problems, mm-hmm. but it will at least help some of the things and maybe get better qualified people with better intentions into positions where they can help that girl like you were talking about. Yeah, man, I just, I don't know, man. I, I've, there'd be there'd be a few, a few different things that like I myself personally would, would would change, but I don't know which thing would be the first. Mm. I know Salvadorians, for example, like most Salvadorians leave their country because like it's a pretty dangerous place out there in general. MS thirteen, yeah. Out there. Yeah. I, I don't know. I guess it's, if we as Americans really want to like militarize and go fight something, then let's go fight for those Salvadorians. Well, it almost yeah. seems like the. Uh... I don't know, man. The things we fight for nowadays are more of the time it's more ideas and beliefs at this generation than actual physical sticks yeah. and stones and bullets. Yeah. It's more information, it's more beliefs, it's more spirituality right. nowadays as opposed to it's like what do you what what drives you and that's what's starting to be the conflict area mm-hmm. as opposed to how do I get you off my land so I can feed my my clan, mm-hmm. which is what it was for most of history. Yeah. It's on the bright side, you could say, it's sort of an awakening and a progression in humanity, is that we're forced to now go through this type of, of rebirth and progression. But at the same token, it's very frustrating because it's a problem we haven't had in yeah. a while. It's been mostly territorial disputes, which our monkey brains are more designed to so maybe, think about, you know. So maybe, maybe education. Yeah, yeah. or maybe... Yeah. Uh, reminding us of our shared humanity with the improved technology for communication that we currently have Mm -hmm. that we didn't have previously yeah where you can look at you could see a tiktok video from a girl in mexico now who's from like a shitty neighborhood you'd be like oh Oh. Like you are like me, and you do similar things. It's literally that simple. Dude. You do stupid dances. I do yeah, stupid like, dances. That song is a bop. You're sure. totally right. I For love sure. it. Board in the yeah. house, in the house, board. I indeed am also board in the house, in the house, board. We are also humans. We are both humans. Hey man, that's like kind of a silver lining approach to it, right? Where it's like, hey, we're really not that different. Yeah. Like, 
we actually have a lot more in common than I thought that we did. So maybe like yeah, which is kind like of moving forward, like generations that are that are even after Gen Zers. And then at that point, the borders become my house versus your house, but it doesn't become a huge wall that says you can't come into my house. It just becomes like you can come into my house. It's just like we have specific rules and don't disrespect me. Right, you know? right, right. And it's mm-hmm. not, and it's not like war. It's just hey, it's just being a, a gentle, like a good human to another human. Right. It's like my house is your house, but it's. Don't drink all my milk, you fucking asshole. You know, it's like it's that simple. Dude, but like, it's just getting to that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, hey, this is like I, my neighborhood's in a gated community, but like, here's the code to my gated community. Just like, yeah, put some respect on it. Yeah, respect on the name. Mm-hmm. Or it seems like people really sometimes will find comfort in their gated community. They're like, we're gonna make our walls bigger, and the HOA is really gonna make a lot of policies so you people don't come in. Like, well, so we could have a pool party. Yeah. You got good food, got good music. <laughs> You're pretty nice. You can be friends. I'm down. And that's just one little beer conversation at a time. And you're like, all right, fair enough. Bloodlines start intertwining. And then you realize, oh, we're really the same thing. Same light. And then you have your own cultural stories that are beautiful in their own way. We're yeah. going to find how they reconcile with mine. Just like the next adventure, mm-hmm. you know, which I think is a good way to look at it as opposed to fear where it's like oh you're gonna come into my house and turn over my trash cans and shit on my lawn right right you're gonna take my job they took her jeans it's like and the other thing is i don't know it's like fucking this built again this is a dad quote but this country is built off of immigrants too and it's always happened like italians and irish people came to america like those dirty potato eaters they're doing all this stuff and they look weird and they're pale and then they just became normal after a while, yeah. and that became the majority yeah. group. It's just a shit. Yeah. Now it's like these Hispanic people is like they're coming in here, working landscape, and taking our taking our good earned tax money. So do you think? I guess that, that, like at some junction, it just kind of like we could just kind of like equate everything to like we just gotta have to be unhappy about something. We have yeah. to have. We have to. There has to be a scapegoat in this. Yeah. Room. There has to be someone that I'm going to wag my finger at. I think it's just a, it's you want a reason for your unhappiness a lot of right, the time. Right, right. Yeah. It's just, it's like you, you know, we yeah. just fix you. I'm happy. And it's interesting too. You see that. And of course, I'm going to take it more in a psychological direction, but it's like you see that in even like relationships. And mm-hmm. if you're in a bad relationship, Absolutely. it's like, I just need to fix you right now and then yeah. I'll be happy. I'll it's be like, happy. motherfucker, you focus on you, <laughs> fix yourself. And that addresses the problem. Of course, yeah. there's always, every case is different, and I'm always hesitant about generalizations, but there's abuse in other situations. But sometimes it's just like, are you happy? What's going on? Yeah. Are you lined up with what you want to do with your life? Is this a correct life partner for you? That same thing with like, is this a good neighbor for you? And what's going on? Like, that dude might be a dick mm-hmm. from that country, but like, what's going on with you? Why is that triggering you? Mm-hmm. What about him is is causing some internal thing in you to get triggered. Right, 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 and that right, takes right. a certain degree of insight that people have to work. It's like a muscle. Yeah. And I some was, people are more mindful than others about that. I've, I've read this book. Uh, you guys probably have heard of it. It's a pretty famous book. It's um, 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 The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a really good one. But like, like if I were to summarize it, it's just kind of talking about how like, regardless of what happens, like we're always going to have problems. You could be either the poorest dude in the room or you could be the richest dude in the room, but you're still going to have shit that you're not going to be happy about. Like no matter what, like, like the solution of one problem is just the start of another problem. Yep. So maybe like, maybe like systematically, like that's just kind of like 
just how humans are kind of like programmed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it depends on oh, also, yeah. I guess there's a difference between male and female psychology on that too. And we're a group of dudes right now. But I think a lot of the time it's like we look for problems and we're kind of problem oriented creatures because that helps us survive. So it's like, what's going on in my environment that's disturbing me? How do I fix it? But I like how you differentiate the guys and girls. Yeah, because girls might look at it different. Right. right. But like, it's just a typical guy thing to like always want to have to fix something. Yeah, it's like yeah. this thing. Mm. Mm-hmm. Leak. Me. I mean, how many times have you guys been like with, yeah. with like, like a girl that like, literally <laughs> just wants to vent and gets mad and you're like, yeah. I need you to fix it. I just need, like, I need you to listen to me. But we need both. We both, we need both. And whether that be in a male body mm-hmm. or not. But we need that male and female psychology energy to yeah. look at the problems to like address it. We need the yin and the yang, mm-hmm. and then in their beauty and true expression of what they are, nerding out on energy energies right now. But like we need them in their purest expression, and we need both of it to address it. We need them to even us out, which yeah. is why I think we need more female leaders. Yeah, honestly. or whether it's feel really plant like a very feminine dude too, or a very masculine girl. It's like there isn't. It doesn't have to be strict. Yeah. Like male, female genitalia, it's more of like a personality thing. So it's like, are you sure. are you more open? Are you more receptive with that, like kind of like that type of stuff? More feminine? Or are you more masculine? It just depends. And it's just, it's that more unity and balance to addressing mm-hmm. issues as opposed to that. And I, I will say, probably in the past century, it's been predominantly masculine. Mm-hmm. So it's been like problem, economy, stuff, need it, fix, leak, fix, leak, fix. <laughs> Fix that leak. It's leaking. The house is leaking. And then we're just focused on that as opposed to like, hey, let's share a meal. Yeah. That sounds great. Let's try to talk to each other. I think that's important. Just my two cents. <laughs> All right. Well, I think my headphones are dying. Yeah, I think we're coming to close here. Any uh, closing remarks? No, sir. Nice. Yeah, Lee, everybody love everybody. Fuck yeah. Right on. Oh, yeah. Pleasure I, having you. Yeah, I cannot say how much I appreciate this conversation. For sure. Super yeah. grateful for you. Thank you guys I for can, giving me a I can only speak for myself. I think Devin will agree, but opening our worldview more and giving yeah. us this conversation to grow. For sure. Yeah. yeah. The, the whole point of it, man. Yeah. The whole point of it. Just like, I don't know. I feel like instead of, instead of complaining about something, throwing yourself into whatever it is that you're passionate about is probably the, the quickest way to find a solution. Amen, dude. That was beautiful. That needs to be a. That's a quote. That's a quote. <laughs> quote it. All right, folks. Thank you for listening. Love all of you. And listen to either me or Devin's voice as we outro this episode. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening, everyone. That concludes our episode of Marinara. Join us next week as we sit down with Tucson local DJ group Half Dead and discuss mysticism, setting intentions, screamo music, and much more. Stay happy, stay healthy, and as always, stick after it.
pero baby no te asustes así que tu tiger se mueve te dejo en la casa baby hablamos breve cuando yo te llame please recoge el celular cuando se trata de ti yo lo cojo personal sé que paso por tu mente a mi me pasa igual mami tu eres el final yo me quiero fumo no contigo Se puso para ella y se 